Hello and welcome to Accountable Arizona Election 2022. Today's episode features Superintendent Kathy Hoffman, who is running for re-election for Arizona School Superintendent of Instruction. Superintendent Hoffman is one of the most inspiring leaders of Arizona to me. Having grown up with a single mom who was a teacher, I've been aware of the harsh realities that Arizona teachers face for a long time. As Superintendent Hoffman points out, she is the first actual teacher to have held this position in over 20 years. She's been working hard keeping our students safe, smart, and most importantly, alive. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Kathy Hoffman, I'm Arizona Superintendent of Public Instruction, and I'm running for re-election, and it is a statewide race, so any Arizona voter can vote for me. Exciting. Um, are you originally from Arizona? I'm not. I'm actually from Oregon. Awesome. I moved to Tucson after college, and that's where I started my professional career. Awesome. Um, and what either brought you to Arizona, or why do you love Arizona? decided to move to Arizona because my brother came to Arizona first, actually. I followed in my brother's footsteps. He attended the University of Arizona, which then I went there for my master's degree. So we're a wildcat family, and that's where I met my husband. (laughs) I love the outdoors of Arizona. I love hiking. I got engaged in Sedona, so that has a special place in my heart. Yeah, perfect scenery, perfect nature. Uh, and different types of it all across the state. What communities are extra special to you or do you see yourself in uh, within Arizona? Well, during my first four years in office, my, my first term, I have absolutely loved traveling this state. I have visited hundreds of classrooms in all 15 counties. Yes. And so there's many of those communities. It's hard to pick a of favorite, Trinidad, yeah. but I, for example, have loved going down to our border communities. I visited Nogales, recently went to Douglas, San Luis. Love those communities, yeah. love how it's, uh, you know, everyone's bilingual, which I love. I think yeah. that's such an important asset. Um, and then it's also been really special to go up to Navajo Nation and visiting some of our um, indigenous communities across the state as well. Yeah, awesome. We have so many different flavors in our state and it's awesome to see as an elected official that you make it all out to all of them. I know uh, my mom's actually a teacher in Greenlee and I think you've done such tireless work um, trying to help out Arizona public education. We know it wasn't in a great state when it was given to how do you continue if re-elected to serve um, probably one of Arizona's biggest underserved communities of Arizona's children and as well as teachers so that's support staff (laughs) yes that's where I see my role as being the chief advocate for public education and being the voice for teachers and educators going to the Capitol, speaking with lawmakers, and really amplifying the stories that I've learned from our communities, bringing those stories to the Capitol to advocate for policies. Um, So an example of one of those successes has been, I heard from our students, teachers, parents, that we needed more mental health professionals in our schools. And so I was able to work in a bipartisan way to add more state funding and then also adding federal funds to add hundreds of school counselors and social workers across the state. And we're, I'm really excited and proud that we have decreased 
the student to school counselor ratio by 20% wow. in Arizona. So we are moving in the right direction yeah. and having those professionals in our schools helps teachers and students. It really helps the whole school be stronger so that they can support student social emotional well-being and then from there students are more ready to learn. Yeah. Um, any other projects on the horizon you'd want to start if re-elected? Well, we'll continue that yeah. work. Um, we're investing, uh, there's actually even more, more state funds and additional $50 million towards wow. that program, which is really exciting. Having worked in special education as a speech therapist, I still think we have a lot of work to do in supporting our students with disabilities across right. the state. And one of our projects we funded was a special education cost study, and the reports will be coming out about, about that by the end of this year so yeah. that we plan to use those the cost study reports and that data to drive decision making in the next legislative session. But I, I can already predict there's going to be a need for additional resources and yeah. thinking about how we're funding special education, especially for um, more high need students with more significant disabilities or medical types of needs in public education because especially for small rural schools, those costs can be astronomical to have one student with high needs. So we want to ensure that our schools are fully resourced to support our most vulnerable students. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's pretty obvious, even if you're not paying that close of attention, that Arizona's public education is in a pretty dire state. We have these a lot of attacks with vouchers, um, trying to privatize our education. What challenges do you see that someone in the general public who cares about public education but uh, might not know that much about it, what are those challenges that you see? I'm deeply concerned about the universal voucher expansion. We have already started to implement that because the legislature did pass that this last session and we've seen the program triple overnight. We see that over 80% of the families requesting the voucher funds our, their child has never been enrolled in the public schools, yeah. so essentially we are using our, our public tax funds, our education funds, to fund private schools, which means people can profit off of these private schools. They can turn away students for, for anything, including if they're LGBTQ or if, if, depending on what religion they are, right. these schools can turn away students. They are not held to the same academic standards, so while we have very high standards for and a, a lot of testing to ensure that students in our district public schools are, are learning reading, writing, math, those critical skills. We do not have any kind of state assessment system for private schools, so we literally don't know are those kids learning to read and do are they receiving an adequate education. So I'm calling this the black hole yeah. for our public education funds that are now going towards private entities. Yeah. And what would your advice be to voters who want to hold politicians more accountable, whether it be education, at the legislature? What direction would you give them? I think number one is, is helping people who are pro-public education get elected to start. That's, that's a much easier path <laughs> is getting the people in office that are already supportive and strong advocates for public education and really asking questions because some people do say, oh, I support public education, but if they have a voting record, check that out and yeah. really make sure that they're not just saying that they support public education, but their actions are also indica and indicating of their, indicative of their support. 
And so first and foremost, who we're electing, who we're supporting, uh, but then also to be aware that when you're on, looking at your ballot, some of the candidates and positions that are lowest on your ballot, or maybe even on the other side, like the school board races, are actually having the biggest impact on your local neighborhood and your community. So making sure that people understand that to not just stick with the statewide yeah. and the federal offices that we really need to think, look at and be very mindful and intentional about who we're electing at the local level. Yeah, and I would bet money that at least one of those candidates in your school board district is probably out canvassing and trying to uh, make that connection. If yeah. you have hopefully. it, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, look who's canvassing when making yeah. those votes. What do you feel as is at stake this election, uh, uh, whether it be specific to public education or just in general? Um, I know there it's easy to write off a midterm election for a lot of voters. Uh, what would your response be to that? Well, specifically in the education world where I'm focused, I, I see a lot of intent to create fear and distrust in our public education system. So when you hear about the attacks in regards to CRT or attacks on the LGBTQ community that about, you know, people are making claims that about sexualizing kids and all of that language and rhetoric is really intended to attack our educators and to create fear because of course parents want what's best for their kids and they want their kids in a safe learning environment. But I think what we need to focus on is building, strengthening relationships between teachers and parents and families. And I'm a new mom and so I, I speak from a personal perspective that I think it's really important to have a strong relationship between families and schools. But I want people to be aware that 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 rhetoric is very intentional and in, in, intentional to create fear and distrust in our public education system. So I, al I always try to include in my messaging around what our schools are achieving and how much we have to celebrate. I love to share that actually many people don't realize that the 2022 National Rural Teacher of the Year is from Arizona. That's a big celebration yeah, for us. He's from uh, Mr. Ty White from Wilcox, Arizona in okay. Cochise County. He's a yeah. chemistry teacher. That's so exciting. Our students are in, you know, achieving incredible things and in even at national level. And um, so I just want to make sure that we, we all do our part to share those positives and yeah. the amazing teachers that we know and lifting up their stories to show that our public education system is amazing and that it's worth investing in to continue to strengthen it. We've heard a little bit in your debate about the teacher uh, residency program you created. Uh, could you talk a little bit more about that in relation to how we're hearing a lot of the emergency substitute, mm -hmm. like there is this view that teaching can almost be a gig job. Um, so if you could explain a little bit more about the residency program and why it's important to have people with educational backgrounds in the classroom. Yeah, so Arizona does have a need to continue to prioritize recruiting and retaining teachers in all special, including in all specialty areas. And so that's been one of my priorities since day one. And so I was really proud that with using some of our federal COVID relief funds, we partnered with NAU and the Arizona K-12 Center to create the Arizona Teacher Residency Program, which creates a new pipeline 
for teachers. So to be a teacher resident in this program, you must already have your bachelor's degree, okay. but it can be in any area. And then after completing the residency program, um, which I should mention is where the teacher residents work alongside a master teacher in our public school, oh, okay. so they're gaining that experience of what it's like to be a highly effective teacher while they're in the program. And then when they complete the program, they have they receive their master's in education from NAU, and then they're committed to continue working in our public schools for a few years. That's great. And they're, and they're also receiving pay salary while they're in the residency program, awesome. so it, it helps um, not have that barrier for those who need to keep working and earning a paycheck while they're in the residency program. So this is a new, new pathway for especially those who are looking for a career change to become right. highly effective teachers in our schools. But we've also invested millions in teacher mentoring programs, especially for newer teachers, knowing that when they have those types of supports in place that they're more likely to stay working in our public schools. But there's still more we need to do around making Arizona's teacher pay competitive because right now it's not and it has not been in a while and the surrounding states continue to increase their teacher pay every almost every year it feels. And so Arizona's not competitive and um, our teachers deserve yeah. the pay that they deserve for, for especially the hard work they do and, and knowing that it can be a really tough job, um, they deserve high pay. Yeah. Well, I know you've been all over the state working very hard, and I will say everyone between you and candidate Gunnigal, uh, when I ask others, who are you excited to vote for, you're the top two answers. So I will uh, spin the question to you, what or who are you excited to vote for on your 2022 uh, ballot? Well, no surprise, Julie Gunnigal, yes. <laughs> the county attorney. I actually got to know Julie when she was a first-time candidate and I was a first-time oh, candidate yeah. and she was running for the house and I saw just how hard of a worker she is. She's a fearless leader. She's so dedicated. She's an amazing mom to her three kids and such a strong um, advocate for our communities, just fearless, so much, so brave. And then every time I hear her talk, which I do hear her pretty often, <laughs> I just feel compelled to do more, <laughs> and she is so inspiring. Um, so that's who I can't wait to vote for awesome. again. <laughs> yeah, again, as many times yes. as given the option. Um, and really, those were majority of the questions I had. What would you hope to leave listeners with or voters with as we head into these last few weeks uh, before our Arizona midterm? I hope. Arizona voters do realize the importance of this election and really t and take the time to um, to vote to, to do some research to understand the significant impact that these elections have in terms of who's leading our communities. When I was elected, it was the first time in over 20 years that an educator has been elected to lead the Department of Education. And prior to my administration, there had been career politicians attacking our public schools, attacking teachers. Um, so I do think that hopefully I've demonstrated the importance of this election and what this position means for Arizona. And, and I also hope that people see how passionate I am about this work, especially as a new mom and thinking about what will be available for my daughter and making sure that all kids have access to the most amazing public education opportunity in their local neighborhoods is continues to be very important to me. 
for all kids. Um, but so I do ask for, the, for everyone's support and getting the word out about the importance of this election. And again, from top of the ticket all the way down, making sure those local races are not forgotten. Yeah, school boards are so important and at the bottom. So yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Accountable Arizona. Arizona is extremely lucky to have Superintendent Hoffman. Please learn how you can help her win. Her website is electkathyhoffman.com. Our teachers, students, support staff all deserve it. Arizona does not need to step backwards with letting Tom Horn's dirty political hands back near our children. Stay accountable, Arizona. Thank you to local artist Junk Dior for our intro and outro music, All of Your Days.